Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Christmas Eve, late on the afternoon of Christmas Eve as we're recording this. If you haven't checked TigerIllustrated.com today, you must. We are immersing ourselves in the backstory of Cade Klubnik. Spent the last two or three weeks learning more about him from speaking to his loved ones, those around him. Really cool stuff. More to come in parts two, three, and four at TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect, car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions. You can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. All right, so I was rummaging through some old files. I saw Dabo's visit to McFadden in the fall of 2018. He came over there and spent about an hour with us going down memory lane, his old offices, and everything he was doing the day that Tommy Bowden was out and he was in as interim coach. Now, this is all the raw audio. It was it was designed to supplement uh, the video we were doing. Ben Long, the videographer, accompanied me and Dabo Sweeney on that visit. So all that is to say, this audio is not perfect. There are some funky parts, like when we go outside and the wind is blowing in the microphone. Not ideal, but I think the whole thing is just a treat. I listened to it yesterday and earlier today, and really just a window into what makes Dabo truly a unique leader and certainly one of a kind. Anyway, here we go. Enjoy. I mean, it was crazy. It was insane. I like could, fans? Yeah. Yeah, because there might be a baseball game yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Or, this has been long. Oh, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Nice to meet you. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Or late at night, might just be somebody walking. And I mean, because you know, the lights would be on in there, and I had the blinds covered, but they'd, they'd scare the crap out of me. Uh, and I used to go in and out of that door. I don't think, I don't think Dan uses that door. But I used to park right there. I'd come running in that door. Crazy. Tommy used to use it all the time, didn't he? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how he came in now. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, he came in one day. I'm in there I'm in there uh, working in the, one afternoon. This was during the season. This was like later in the later in the season and and all of a sudden the door opens up and I'm and it's he walks in, he goes, Hey, you got anything to drink in here? It's him and Linda. And they were like on a walk jog or something, and I'm like, 
yeah, you know, so he comes in, this is like, this is like week four or something, you know, uh, it's crazy, it's surreal. Can we get you to put a microphone on your uh, lapel, if, that's, yeah. if that works? And wherever you want to start, like, um, there's some nutritionist who I just went to your old office and said, hey, this used to be Dabo's office, she goes, no, it didn't, they were in the West End Zone, I said, yeah, before then, they were here. Yeah. Not yet, so I was going to check with you. Yeah, I think the, uh, and I think a car went through that wall, that that office one time too. They had a car roll off the hill from Little John and smash right into, wow. yeah, right into the office right there. Mine and that uh, was uh, next to me. I believe it was Vic. I think. Where do you want to start? I don't know. What, what was um, you You want to go to the staff room? I think that's occupied until eleven thirty, but. The McFadden room is, is open uh, uh, now. You want to walk down to my office? Yeah, sure. Uh, kind of. Let's get this dude out the same carpet. It drives me crazy. I remember, <laughs> I remember we, we got fancy. We came in and put some graphics on these walls. And I remember walking out. Cause when I first got here, there was nothing on these walls. When I first came to Clemson, I remember walking down. and like, there's nothing here. And then I remember we, we put some graphics, and I walked around going, yeah, we got some pictures, you know. It was it was kind of crazy, but uh, uh, yeah. But this is the I think this is the same carpet that was here when I came here 16 years ago. Uh, been here a while. I talked to Spiller last week, and he said we didn't know any different. We thought they were the best facilities in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these are, these were so you know we had coaches' offices, and then uh, you had Tommy, and then we had uh, uh, you know Don uh, Heimel was was a was an uh, ops guy, and then you had Andy Johnston was an ops guy, and then we had our GAs all set up in here in our little, our little recruiting library where we used to have a library for all the tapes. Back then it was, you know, VCR tapes and DVDs, and we had them all kind of cataloged. That was, that was right in here. Uh, Andy's office was down here, and, uh, and that was pretty much it. This was, this was all break room. Uh, this was the defensive staff room right here, and this was the offensive staff room. So this is where this is where we met as an offense every day. So we had same carpet. We had a you know big table that came around here, and then uh, you know coordinator sat here, I sat here. We kind of all sat around the table, and we had the, the big video screen on the wall and the projector, you know, probably right there where it came down. And that's where we watched our video every day. And, and you know now now you walk in our office of staff rooms and it's wall to wall grease board everywhere you know the whole wall from from floor to ceiling is grease board um, but we had our board and we do our game plan and this is where we sat you know we were right here spent spent uh, well let's see five and a half years as an assistant in here and then uh, so but we didn't move over to the West Zone until July of 09 so spent a lot of time in this room a lot of time but this was the offensive staff defensive staff and then that went right into the to the main staff so uh, you know we were talking earlier on that on that day we had um, we had our 7 a.m. staff meeting you know I actually had the devotion that day it was just Ironically, my day to, to, you know, we always did a devotion or a word of the day, whatever, thought of the day, and it was my day to do that. And, um, and then we were in here just working, watching, 
like we were doing blitz pickup, you know, that part of our game plan, you know, getting ready for Georgia Tech. And obviously, we played Wake Forest the previous Thursday. So, uh, you know, I recruited for, I think I was in North Carolina Friday night at a game, recruiting a receiver. And uh, we were off on Saturday, back in here on Sunday. Monday, we're right back at a normal normal week, getting ready for Georgia Tech. Uh, and it was probably about 10.30 or so that morning. Uh, door opens up, and Andy Johnston, he says, hey, Coach Bowden needs to see you. He, he, went, he went in that door, told them, came in here and said, hey, Coach Bowden needs to see you on the staff room real quick. And it was just this, it was just really odd because, you know, we'd already had a staff meeting that morning, and, you know, he, if he ever needed to tell something, he would just come in here and whatever. But, but I remember we all kind of filed into the staff room, and it was, I don't know, it was a weird deal. It was like when we got in there, like, okay, what's going on here? Something, something strange. And uh, so we kind of all took our seats, and Tommy walked in and um, just basically stood in the room in front of everybody and, and uh, you know, said, hey, look, uh, there's going to be a change. And, and he said, look, I... I don't want anybody to worry about me. He said, I'm good. He said, I, I'm, I worry about all of y'all, and I want you to know how much I appreciate you. And he, he thanked all of us for the work we had done and, and disappointed that, you know, uh, we didn't quite get where we needed to get to. And uh, he wished us well. He said he would be kind of visiting with all of us individually at the right time. He said, but hey, I just, I'm here for you. And uh, he said, but right now, you know, Terry Don is, is right here. He's gonna, he's gonna step in here and say a few words. So it was a, it was a, it was a very, it was just emotional. And uh, you know, again, you go from one mindset of you're sitting here, you know, working, and you're so ingrained in what you're doing, and and now your whole world, just like that, is turned upside down. And and, uh, and then Terry Don walks in, and and basically, you know, addresses the staff. You know, y'all know Terry Don's not a man of many words, and. Just said, you know, look, man. I first of all, I want all of you to know, I'd never fire a coach in the middle of the season. He said, but this is something Tommy and I talked about. Felt like this would be the best, best path for now. So this is what we're going to do. And uh, he basically kind of just challenged us all. You know, hey, look, we got a job to do, and, and I expect everyone to, to roll your sleeves up, pull together, and, and do the best you can for this team. And. Uh, and he just kind of said, uh, you know, and with that, Dabo, you're now the head coach. You call all the shots, and I need to see you in my office in five minutes. And uh, so and then he walked out. And it was kind of a, it was a, you know, people kind of slamming notebooks and throwing pins down and just kind of a, you know, just a, a really crazy 30 seconds or so uh, of emotion. You know, as an assistant, we're all thinking about our jobs and our families and, and, um, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking about. I, there was nothing positive in my mind, um, and so, and then it just kind of got quiet, and everybody just kind of standing there, looking around, and I and I just said, you know, hey, look, I don't know what to say. I mean, let me go meet with him, and we'll get together here in a little bit. And I got up, walked out, and I went and got a notebook, uh, a notepad out of my uh, office. I mean, I was in—I literally, I was in sweatpants and a T-shirt. You know, Mondays are long days. Uh, we 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 got in here early on Mondays, and they're still long days. But 
but I was, you know, I wasn't dressed to go meet with the with the AD, and I'll never forget that. I was so embarrassed because I'm, I mean, I'm walking in there, he's in a coat and tie, and I've got sweatpants <laughs> and a t-shirt on, and I, I mean, it was just uh, crazy. But I but I grabbed my phone, I called Kath to tell her, I just said, you know, I said, babe, we, we've been fired, and she started crying. And in my exact words to her, I said, it gets worse. I'm the interim. And because uh, that's where my mindset was. Like, there was nothing good. It was, this is fixing to be the most miserable seven weeks of my life. And I, because I had been a part of that. We, we got fired my last year at Alabama. And, and uh, Mike Costubo stayed and finished the year, but we, we had like five games or something like that uh, of, of, as a fired staff. And it was awful. I mean, it was miserable. And that's what was in my mind. And not only was that in my mind, now I've got to try to be the head coach of it. And uh, so it was just, there was really wasn't much positive in my head. I'm, I'm worried about my family. Where am I going to be moving? You know, um, you know, just it was just worried about my players, uh, the kids I've got recruited. I mean, it was just, a, it was a, a, a lot of emotions. And then I walk into uh, his office. And I took just took a deep breath. I had a I said a prayer, and you know just God give me strength. And uh, took a deep breath, and I walk in and sit in his office. And he, he says, you know, sit down. And, and um, so I literally I sit down. I got a notepad and I'm sweatpants and a shirt, and I'm looking at him. And he just and I, and my emotions went from one extreme to the exact opposite. And it's amazing how a few words can change a, a person's demeanor, mindset, uh, you know, whatever. And um, and he just, he looked at me and he said, you know, sit down right there. He said, hey, look, I know I put you in a tough spot. He said, but, but Dabo, I just got a few things I want to say to you. And I'm thinking he's going to say, hey, just, you know, here's what I want you to do. Do the best you can. I'll try to get the next guy to keep you. That's where my mindset was. And and he just said, um, he said, Dabo, he said, I, I, I want you to know that I've watched you for five and a half years. That's how he started his conversation. And he said, um, he said, and I want you to know that, that uh, I think you're ready for this job. And he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, for the next seven weeks, he said, I don't want you to be the interim head coach. I want you to be the head coach. He said, I want you to think like you're the head coach. And he said, and, and I want you to do whatever you think you need to do to fix us. That was the word he, he used, and he used that a couple of times. He said, whatever it is you think you need to do to fix us, you do it and you got my full support. He said, if you need to fire the whole staff, you got my full support. And, and, and so this is how the conversation started. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm just kind of listening to him, and, he, and then he started you know, just telling me why he said, look, I've watched you for five and a half years. I've watched you in the community. I've watched you with your relationships with your players. I've watched how you coach on the field. Uh, I've watched you in recruiting. I've watched you just how you manage yourself. And he said, he said, Dabo, I really believe you're what we need here. And, and, I, and this is what he's telling me. And, I, and he, goes, he goes, now I'm also going to tell you this. He said, I'm going to hire the best coach for Clemson. He said, I'm going to go around and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a national search and I'm going to interview. And he said, I'm going to hire the best coach for Clemson, but here's what I want you to know. I'd love to see you get this job. And he said, 
Now, it sure would help if you could win a few ball games. <laughs> and there was kind of a little moment of laughter. And he goes, but I also want you to know whether you win all of them or you win none of them or some of them, you're going to get an interview when this is all over. He said, I'm going to give you an interview for this job. He said, and I think you've got a chance to be a great head football coach. And, uh, and he said, you got any questions? That's really what he said. And I, and I mean, I'm, I'm like, and I'm like, and I said, well, no, no, you're telling me that like, you, you, you want me to be the head coach. Like, I can, I can do whatever I want to do to be the head coach. He's like, that's exactly whatever you need to do to fix us, is what he said. And, uh, and, and so I, I, all of a sudden I went from this one emotion to adrenaline. I was inspired. I was like, I was so motivated of, man, I mean, I, I got a shot. <laughs> and, and, I mean, it was just complete extreme motion, extreme emotions uh, back and forth. And so I remember getting up, shaking his hand, and he just kind of smiling at you. He said, good luck. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, we're all counting on you. That's kind of just that's just classic Terry Don. And, and and I remember getting up, and I went over here in Jervy. I left his office, and I found like a, I can't remember if it was a little break room or a closet area back on that back hall. And I closed the door, and I went in there, and I sat down, and I had a note, and I just started writing stuff down. I mean, there was, and I was all over the place. It would be practice thoughts, staff thoughts, recruiting thoughts, fan thoughts, you know, team thoughts. You know, it was just, I was just all over. I had a flood of emotions. Um, of all these things, and um, and then I and then I I sat in there by myself. I prayed, uh, and I, I started thinking, all right, what do I got to do? Kind of a plan of action I put in place for the immediate, like right now, and uh, and so I went and I sat down with Brad Scott. I finally I left there because I said, all right, I'm gonna have to meet with all the coaches. And I went and sat down with Brad, and uh, closed the door, and he looked at me, and he just smiled. He said, well, buddy, you know. How'd it go? You know, and, I said, and so I told him, you know, Brad's been a head coach. He's, he'd been around a long time. And I told him what, what he said. I thought it was important that, that I articulate what was told to me. Uh, and, and, of course, he was excited to hear that. And I'm sure in his mind he probably knew we didn't have a great chance either. But, hey, it's better than no chance. And so then I, I met with each coach individually and kind of laid out what the AD told me, and I told all of them, listen, I know none of you came to work here for me, and, and, and you know, but here's the expectation, and if you don't want to do that, hey, you, you can go, and your contract is good, no, no hard feelings, uh, but if you're going to stay, then, you know, we're going to have to be professional, and we're going to have to do what's best for these, these players, and you know what, it's what's best for all of us, because if I get the job, great it's going to create opportunity for everybody if i don't get the job at least we've done a good job and maybe we have all better 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 paths somewhere else and uh, but at the end of the day we got a shot here we're not just an interim we're not just minding the ship here to you know we've got a chance and uh and we're going to be evaluated on what we do going forward and then obviously i made a change uh with the offense because I, I, there was just it just wasn't going to work and uh it's what i needed to do uh, to try to 
pull some things together and uh, and create a, just a little different path um, than, than where we were. And um, that was very difficult. It was very difficult. Uh, but it's what we needed to do. And uh, so then I, I, once I did that and kind of got everybody settled in and said, hey, you're doing this and you're doing that. Dooley, you're going to coach tight ends. And Jeff, you're going to coach receivers. And Billy, you're going to come over here to quarterbacks. And, you know, uh, here's what I want. And, and kind of gave everybody some charge. Uh, you know, then I needed, to, I needed to get ready to address the team. And that was, I knew that was going to be a very emotional moment. And uh, so, you know, this is the 4 o'clock team meeting. Uh, Tommy met with the team at 4. And he had a chance to kind of go in and talk to them. And then when he was done, they got me and brought me in there. And I made everybody leave. I didn't want anybody in there except me and the players. Obviously, I had a whole segment group that I was coaching. But I had recruited a lot of guys, too. And, and, and I had good relationships, you know, across the board, offense, defense. And, and, I, and I told them, I thought that the team needed to know what the AD had said to me, you know, because I wanted them to know, too, hey, look, you're not getting a guy who's just going to be looking for a job somewhere else, and I'm just going to, you know, show up and be the head coach for a few weeks here, and, and, and I'm, I'm absent-minded because I'm, I'm worried about my future. This is an opportunity that I've worked my entire life for, and I had no idea. I didn't ask for this. You guys didn't come here for me to be your head coach. None of us asked for this. All of us are, it's a bittersweet moment. You know, I have such great respect for Coach Bowden. I mean, he, he's, he was a position coach for a year at Alabama. Uh, he, he was a guy I'd stayed in touch with. He gave me an opportunity to come to Clemson, and, then he, and he's the reason I stayed at Clemson. I mean, I could have left Clemson a couple of times. Uh, and the reason I stayed, the reason I, I could have gone to Alabama as the passing game coordinator. But I stayed because of, of the professional growth opportunity that Tommy had laid out for me uh, here. And, uh, and I knew him. You know, I didn't know Coach Saban at the time at all. I didn't know his staff. I loved my players. I loved where I was, what I was doing. Uh, and, and so, you know, he's the reason I stayed here. Um, for sure, and I wanted it to—I wanted to be great. I wanted to be to be successful, um, and but you know this is just the way God's plan was, and uh, and I, I knew God brought me here in '03 without a doubt. I knew He brought me here on purpose, no doubt in my mind. I didn't really know fully what the big picture was, but I knew this is where I was supposed to be, and and that was just His plan for me. And as I look back and I see all the things that were kind of put in place and ordered along the way, uh, you know, a couple of opportunities that I could have been gone, God kept me here, because if I'd have been gone, I wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. And it was all part of his plan, you know. And, and you know, my, my plan wasn't as big. God had a bigger plan for me. You know, my plan was I was disappointed on, on one job in particular that I, didn't, I thought I had a chance to get and didn't get. And uh, as a head coach, and, and but God's plan a year later was much bigger, and I think that's that's a lesson I learned is we limit ourselves oftentimes by how how we think, and uh, so you know it, it was an emotional day, and I told the players, you know, we got a choice to make. I'm all in. I don't have a great chance to get this job. I got like you know pocket eights or something. I don't have very good odds here, but. Here's, here, I'm, I'm fully committed and I am all in for these next seven weeks. And there's going to be some things different. And I know you guys, y'all don't owe me anything. And I've talked to the AD. You guys can clean your locker out. 
your scholarships are good, you can come back when the new coach gets the job, you don't have to do anything I'm asking you to do. But if you do show up tonight at six o'clock, all right, here's the expectation. And we're gonna practice different, we're gonna meet different, we're gonna travel different, we're gonna think different. We're, there's gonna be some differences. And, and I told him that, I said, you receivers in this room, I'm gonna coach the whole team like I coach my, my group. And, and there was a chuckle, those guys kind of laughed in there. And, and uh, you know, they all showed up at practice that night. And those seniors, I mean, the Aaron Kellys, the Tyler Grishams, the, the, the James Davises, you know, that group of guys, uh, the, the, the Darrell Scotts, uh, that, that group of guys that, that didn't owe me anything, that were on their way out of here, uh, you know, Mike Hamlin, all that crap, they, they could have just tuned me out. But they showed up as a 3-3 three and three football team, and we went 4-2 and two down the stretch. And two of those three wins were like one double-A opponents that year. I mean, we were we were a mess, and and it was and that's what even though we lost that first game, I was so proud of that team, how they competed, how they played. I think other people were inspired if they really watched the game. We didn't win the game, but but I'm like, you know what? This was pretty cool to see a group of guys laid on the line like they did, and uh, then we had that open date. Um, I changed up how we did the things in the open date. Uh, I remember that week I caught a bunch of criticism because I did a community service, hmm. you know. Uh, and guess what we're doing today? Community service, uh, exactly what we did 10 years ago this week. And uh, uh, we're doing the same thing. So, um, but I felt, because I remember I was like, we're practicing. We're just practicing in a different way. Hmm. You know, it's all part of teaching and, and, and development and creating the, the, the type of culture that you need to have to be successful and the relationships and the perspective and, and, and all those things. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, was, I was inspired by a group of people and that's why when we won it, you know, it, it, you heard Ben Boulware articulate things that had been told to them of, you know, guys, y'all don't understand, that, that, that senior group of 08 didn't have a chance to win a national championship. That group of 09, that group in 10, they didn't have a chance to win the national championship. But they're all a part of this. We're not here if it wasn't for a decision that a lot of those guys had to make to say, you know what, this guy might be half crazy, but, you know, we, hey, we might as well try something different. And, and you know, because they had to believe. And that was my number one task was to create belief that, that hey, it doesn't have to be like this. Hey, we can be special. Hey, we can be great. You know, we don't. Greatness isn't just for the Alabamas and the Ohio States and whatever. Man, we, we can do this. But here's what we got to do in laying out a clear vision for it and a plan and a path and being able to articulate that. And, and then it was understanding that there's going to be adversity. And don't flinch when it comes. There's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some adversity. There's going to be some negativity. There, there's going to be that. You know, I mean, just stay focused on. on, on what we got to do, if we're going to change Clemson, it's going to be from the inside out. It's never going to be from the outside in. It's going to be from the inside out. We've got to change how we think. We've got to change a lot of stuff. And, and we slowly started doing that. And um, the guys bought into it, and we had this energy. And, and we weren't a great team uh, as far as just, you know, talent or whatever. Uh, but, man, we pulled it together. And... Um, you know, it culminated that last week was emotional because I don't know if I'm going to get the job or not, but, but I had had such a great time 
in, 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 in trying. I was like, man, boy, if I could just have some time here, you know, mm-hmm. to, to put the processes in place, to get the philosophy in place, to get a staff in place, to get start building some, you know, infrastructure of what we need, uh, I think we could really get this thing going. And, and then for us to win that game and beat South Carolina, uh, you know, they didn't tell me I was getting the job, but, but, but they kind of winked at me and said, hey, I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> at 1 o'clock or whatever. Uh, so it was, a, it was an amazing, uh, amazing time. I can't believe it's been 10 years. I mean, it's, it's just it's a blur. But, you know, I always tell my players, man, just be so busy trying to be great that you don't get distracted by stuff that don't matter. And that's really kind of how I look at it. You know, man, I have been so busy for the past 10 years trying to be the best that I can be, help help Clemson be the best that it, it can be, help all these young people be the best that they can be, uh, that I, I, it's like a blur. It seems like yesterday. It just goes so fast. And I, that's one of my favorite lines in, in, in life is sometimes the days are really, really, really long but the years are very short. And and that's kind of what I say. I mean, 10 years as the head coach here is just mind-blowing to me. Uh, but I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the people, all the opportunity, uh, the administration, our fans, all the players that have come through here who've laid it on the line, all the staff that we've had, all the way back to that first group of 08 that, that uh, – you know, a lot of them probably weren't very happy for me being the head coach, uh, but man, they rolled their sleeves up and they went to work, and uh, and we made it work. Uh, so, it's uh, it's been an incredible blessing. And now, you know, and when I got the job, I remember my first meeting with the board. I'm like, listen, I want to build a program that's unique. You know, I don't want to be like everybody else. I want other people to look at Clemson and say, man, what the heck's Clemson doing? And, and here's, here's how we're going to do that. And, uh, and, you know, that's where we are. Uh, I, and my message to the players was always, hey, let's build consistency. I mean, we, we were – and people look back and say, well, the first couple of years weren't successful. I'm like, bull crap. We, we won nine games the first year. We won the division. We hadn't won a division. We played in the ACC championship in 09. And ironically, it was in Tampa. And I, and I remember walking off that field so disappointed. It goes back. God had something bigger for us. You know, we, I remember walking off that field that night. It didn't go the way I had it planned. You know, we're going to win 10 games. We're going to the Orange Bowl for the first time in 30 years. I mean, we're going to be ACC champs for the first time since whatever, you know, uh, Moby Dick was a mena, however, <laughs> whenever, whenever that was. And, and I remember walking off the field, and our guys had just laid their guts on the line. Spiller was the MVP of the game. And we lost. And I remember walking in that locker room, players were just devastated. You know, we were so distraught. Fans were just people throwing oranges at us coming off the field, oranges being thrown. And I remember just walking off the field, and I'm just like, all right, God never says oops, man. I mean, this is – I mean, it was just – it just didn't go the way I thought it would go. And, and then the next year – you know, we won six games. We had five losses by six points or less. I mean, we lost at Auburn a game we should have won, and then we won the national championship. We lost at Florida State, led the entire game until the last two seconds of the game. They kicked a 55-yard field goal that was good from 70. And I'm just – but but what I saw that year was a team grow closer. I didn't see a team – they didn't splinter. They didn't point fingers. They didn't they, – they just kept working, kept competing – 
and and I was I just like you know what we are, man we are, we've got some good pieces here. You know, Nuke was a freshman in two thousand. I had some good pieces, and I had Sammy coming in. Taj was was kind of getting ready, and all of a sudden in eleven, you know, we win the league for the first time, in in however long, uh, and we had some adversity that year. But we didn't know how to win. We didn't. It's all you know. Failure's a part of the journey. You know, it's part of the success. And you know, we win the league, and we go to the Orange Bowl, and we play like crap. You know what? And that's a part of our journey. That's a part of our success uh, as well. And so, I just remember, um, you know, just just thinking, man, we won ten games. You know, I, I, I refused to look at the negative. I stayed focused on the positive of what we were doing. So many people were worried about what we weren't doing. And I'm like, guys, let me tell you what we're doing here. And what's crazy about it is we lost that championship game in 09. Seven years later, seven years later, we're on the same field playing Alabama for the national championship. You know, I have 88 career wins going into that game, which was my number. We're playing Alabama in Tampa, and we win the national championship. And the, and the five-star quarterback goes to the walk-on wideout to beat Alabama. And I look back on it, and it was just all God's plan. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. From me coming to Clemson to getting the job, to, you know, uh, everything that had transpired, it was all part of our journey. And, and, and I really believe those steps were ordered. Uh, God put the right people in my path, helped me make the right decisions, uh, have the right focus, you know, whatever it may be. And, uh, and that's kind of what it was. You know, I was so disappointed in 09 walking off that field that first year in the ACC championship game. God had something bigger seven years later on the same field because I believe we stayed focused, we stayed the course, we continued to do things the way I felt like they should be done. I did not, you know, uh, I mean, every decision I made was criticized, you know, or why are you hiring this guy? Why don't you hire that guy? I had one guy call me and tell me if I don't hire this guy, I should be fired immediately. And I just remember laughing. I'm like, well, if I get fired, it ain't going to be because I did the way somebody else wanted to do. I'm going to do it the way I believe it should be done. If it don't work, it don't work. And um, so it's just and, – and then I used to tell our players, here's what I want us to be. You know, we won that first 10-game season in 11, and we haven't won 10 or less – haven't won less than that since. But, but my, my message to them was let's, let's, let's become a consistent program. And that's really my vision for Clemson. I think that's where we are now. But, but we're not even close to what we're going to be. And that, my, my goal is to be one of the most consistent programs in the history of college football. You know, hey, we'll win some championships along the way. It's hard to win. It's hard. It's hard to do that. Uh, it, it's, it's really hard to do that. But uh, what's up, Dan? You oh, good? Okay. You're on camera. I don't yeah. want to mess you <laughs> yeah. up. What's up, man? Good, good to good? see you. Did you guys go in the office? Not yet. We're about to. We're okay. about to. All right. Okay. I'll uh, clean it up. But, uh, but, but it's <laughs> – you know, it's it, that's where we are now. But that's what going forward. That's my vision for Clemson. I mean, under the old rules, maybe we already have another national championship or two. Uh, but but it's a, it's it's tough. It's hard to get that done. And that's why I always tell people I don't I don't measure it by that. 
I want to, I just want to be one of those teams that's got a shot every year. Because if you get, if you're in the hunt, then hey, it'll all work out the way it's supposed to. But more importantly, I want to enjoy the journey. I want to enjoy the journey because that's what it's all about. Because being on, you know, God doesn't make us for the mountaintop, right? God makes us for the valleys. He makes us for the journey. He makes us for the grind. And if you don't love that part, you're missing out on your life because that's what it's all about. Uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable, emotional, spiritual moment uh, to hold the trophy up and know that we did it and we did it the right way and we loved our players as we did it and we and we beat the best to do it uh, against the against all odds, if you will. That was pretty special. But at the end of the day, uh, the best part was how we did it and the journey to it, all the way back, all the way back, and, and to see our players appreciate a moment. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not what they're going to cherish. You know? and, and so that's, what, that's why I just try to find joy in the whole journey, in, the, in all of it, the good, the bad, the success, the failure, because I know we're going to get there again one day. Uh, but that's, that's not what it's all about. Uh, it's really about all the other stuff. And uh, so, you know, we're in the process of that, and uh, I want to enjoy every second of it because just like this 10 years is going by like that, my career is going to go by like that. And uh, so excited about it. Am I in your office? You are, no problem. <laughs> so anyway. You want to pop to your old office? Yeah, okay. yeah. This was the offensive staff room. Oh, okay. We're reminiscing over here. Hey, Eric. How hey, you doing, good. man? How about you, Luke? What's up, yeah? Are you running out? Here, you want to use this? So these, these, were, these were meeting rooms. This was, uh, I think this was like, uh, one was tight ends, one was uh, linebackers or DBs or something like that. Bathroom, room, break room. Uh, this is my office right here. Uh, okay, this, this is my office. I believe this was... This was Burton's office. It's either Vic or Burton. This was me, Big Daddy. Ron West was right next to me. But this was my office. I spent. I spent. How you doing? I'm good. Good to see you. I spent hours and hours. And so my this door was not here. There was no door. Uh, if it was there, I had it was covered. I had. A, I had a. We had our big. The desk thing back here at my desk, and uh, all the pictures and stuff. This is kind of had, had a grease board on the wall. So this is this was my spot right here. Uh, great little spot. That's where I started at, right here. Can you believe reporters were allowed to say, "Hey, Neva, how you doing, yeah. man? You got a minute?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like unheard of. Yeah, that's one of the things I changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right away. That was right away. That was like right <laughs> on my notes. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't real popular with the media from the get-go. You know, it was kind of a free-for-all. It really was. It, it, it really and in was. today's world, and, and I'm still very accessible, and you know, with the media. But I mean, I look around at some of the some of the media policies at some of these schools. I mean, like they don't talk to anybody, but. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like a thoroughfare. Uh, you had two halls, everybody come in here and say, hey. And the media was in here. John Solomon. It was constant. It was nonstop. And, uh, but, yeah, that was one of the things that I felt like we needed to, we needed to tighten the ship a little bit. Um, and then my meeting room was down here. Uh, so this was all position meeting rooms. This was, this was uh, Burton Burn. I mean, uh, Ron West. And uh, this was uh, Mike O'Kane before uh, – before it was, uh, shoot, I think, I think Napier ended up taking that spot right there. Uh, and then uh, 
you had uh, Brad Scott down here. Brad Scott had the, the big corner office. Uh, and then this was the wideout room. So this is where I spent hours upon hours. And it's now Stephanie's office. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know this is your, you did, you're in my office. Oh my goodness! So I had I had all my I had all my video stuff right here, all my all my tapes and all my teaching stuff, all my my receiver books and things I was teaching, and then my desk was right here. And so I had my video camera. So I was sitting here, and I have all my receivers chairs. Had a big board there, and we'd come in every day. And, and uh, this is where I met with my guys. So this is where we uh, stopped. And now Stephanie's office. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! I'm glad that greatness is in this office. Greatness is in this office. They're getting no better. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I don't think I need to move in. Yeah, I'm here now. Good. I tell you this funny because you know I started in this building as a student. Yep. And to be back in here. Yeah. So when I tell people, I'm the wide receiver room. Yeah. In fact, in fact, that's another story because because Stephanie. She can tell you because back in those days we had no support staff. I mean, we yes. literally had like one person. So it, as a position coach, you really did it everything. I mean, you you had to do it all. And and if you weren't equipped to do that, then there would be gaps and things would fall through the cracks. Because you know maybe a guy's a really good coach at something, but maybe he's not very good at being organized yeah. or following through on some whatever paperwork or, <laughs> and so I can't tell you how much time I spent with Stephanie as an assistant yeah because I recruited a lot of guys seemed like every year I, I would have a bunch of guys and I, I would be dealing with her constantly and and so I had this vision of man we I don't need my coaches having to do all that type mm-hmm. of stuff constantly we need to be a better process and uh, but I would work with Stephanie so I had a good relationship with her and then she's the the head compliance person when I get the job. And so I was very fortunate because, like I said, I had been here and I had some relationships in place to where I could lean on some people to say, hey, you know, and I had, I was very comfortable to go to Stephanie and say, Stephanie, can we do this? You know, and, and she'd, she'd either say yes or no, or she would come to me and say, hey, here's, here's a thought. And, you know, just, and that's really kind of what happened. It's like all of a sudden everybody just kind of started coming together. And, and we started all getting on the same page, and everybody was pulling for each other and trying to, to, to work together. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. But Stephanie was a lifesaver uh, for many years uh, until she you know, got big time and, oh, and uh, oh, no. moved up in the world. Big time again. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah. So that, that was really it. I mean, it really wasn't much to it here. I mean, it just kind of, and we, it was like, I always felt like I was in a fishbowl. Uh, literally, because it was, you know, I'm in my office at night and people were looking in. And, and then when he became the head coach, it was like everybody walked by and go, hey, what are you doing in there? You know, and it's like, <laughs> scare you to death. But uh, I remember when we did these graphics, I thought, man, we had, we, and we had football people, but yeah. I'm like, man, we've arrived. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, it's amazing. It really is. So, anyway, you want to go down here? Yeah, let's do it. Room? Started a training in there. We need to do that coach office or the team meeting room. Sounds good. There's Kyle. These were all meeting rooms. Is that not Terry Don Jr.? He, he is Goodness Terry gracious. Don. Oh my God, talks they have like to be him, related. Walks like him. 
Yeah. He is Terry Don Jr. right there. We're not talking about you. You know what? I could probably play it. He could. He is Terry Don Jr. Babbo. You don't need to go to South Alabama. I remember that conversation. Did y'all go over there yet? No, that's what you need to do. You need to come out of that meeting with a, with your with your um, little notepad. With your note, you know you had your book. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. I, I, I want to interview you. You're talking about what I did? Because you were going to interview yeah. him and you wouldn't well, meet with him first. I gave him all a book. I gave him all one. Well, you wouldn't. You met I've seen Terry that. Don first, yeah. and Terry Don told him. He said, yeah. no, I kind of gave him all a book. I'm kind of hey, here's some. And this thoughts. was this was well before now. This was well yeah. before yeah. October 13th, yeah. 2000. Oh, that was you talking about South Alabama? Yeah, I had put a little thing. Yeah, I said, hey. Yep. And he told you. Yep. He told you you don't need to go. So you, you don't, don't need, need to do that. You don't need to do that. That's uh, the one you wanted? No, no, no. no, no. Just, I wanted the UAB job. UAB. It was an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And, and I told him, I said, well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to take it. I said, but I just feel like I need to at least just go through the process. And it kind of forced me to kind of pull some things together. And, and it was good. I went down and met yeah. with him in Atlanta. But I knew I wasn't going to take the job if they offered it to me. Right. I ended up hiring Joey Jones. Uh, but I would have taken the UAB job. I would, I would, I would. I mean, I already had Blazer Nation. I mean, we were fixing to build an empire, uh, and uh, you know, I, 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 I think I'm going to get an interview, and 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 I'm I'm pulling it all together, and and uh, and they like the next day they hired uh, Coach Callaway, and and I was like, man, I cannot believe I didn't even get a chance to sit down and, and interview, uh, uh, but a year later I, I'm the head coach at Clemson, and the same thing. God had a bigger plan. Yeah, you know, so it's crazy. Yeah. So you got it. So don't get too upset when things now. don't work out is the it, way we you want. Already, is it occupied? If it is, that's no Who's problem. Who's in here? You know what? He said after 11. He said after 11. Yeah, they're probably doing their, uh, let's see here. We got team room. Let me show you Terry Dons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she said 11. I mean, not Terry Dons, but, but uh, yeah, I got, got one in there right now. Unfortunately, the team was and then Beth was, was right there uh, in that office. So uh, Dan made this office, created office space for Graham and all them right there. But, uh, and then another thing is we didn't have a nice fancy glass door either uh, when I was here. This was all wood door. But as you can see, uh, great progress is taking shape in here. So, so uh, thank you. Dan has Dan has classed the joint up a little bit. Uh, he's changed it around. You know, we had couches over here, and uh, and and I think uh, I think that was a window. It was. I think it was all windows. And I was telling him I felt like I was in a fishbowl at night. You know, be up here late, uh -huh. and it might be a baseball game or, or just whatever. And people would come by and they'd knock on the glass and say, "Hey, Coach Wayne, what's going on?" You know. <laughs> and then, well, then and I the came in and out of that, I came in and out of that door. That's right. And a lot of people would knock on that door, but uh, yeah. And I, I remember I wasn't going to move in here. Uh, I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't feel right about moving in here. And after about three days of Larry Williams coming up and down the hall, you know, uh, I realized, you know what, I'm probably not going to be able to get this done sitting in this office <laughs> over there. So, so I remember boxing my stuff up, and I had just stuff in boxes 
I mean, it was just all around, and I just, there was nothing. I had just empty space everywhere, and I just was, you know, but it was quiet. It was a place where I could get work done, and uh, and so it was great. It was great, and, and then uh, we stayed here until we moved over to the West Zone, I think about July of 2009, and, uh, and then we transitioned from there. Uh, Terry Don actually moved in here. Right. And uh, we started kind of redoing some of the space around here, and and um, a lot of great memories. A lot of great memories for sure. A lot of great memories. It's it's, it's unbelievable. Ten years. Yeah, that's great. That's great stuff. Ten years. So, been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We go into the All right. McFadden. Thank you for letting us interrupt. Your office looks good. <laughs> no. You done well. <laughs> hey, hey, we got we got your autograph in here. Oh, 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 is it in there? Did I sign it? Yeah. I, I wanted to, I, I, I thought oh, it was here. Great. Oh, on the desk. I thought it was here. Oh, love it. That's me. That is that's awesome. me. That's me. I, I left my mark. Awesome. <laughs> I love yeah. that. There you go. Well, I must have done that one day thinking, you know what? I'm going to leave my mark here somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's good funny. stuff. I'm surprised you didn't write was here. Yeah, I should have. It also kind of looks like D-Rad. <laughs> hold, it, hold it. So then, after Dabo did that, and I saw I said, okay. Hold it. <laughs> D-Rad over there. I love it. Football season is grilling season, and Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio is South Carolina's premier source for the big three. Weber, Traeger, and Big Green Egg Grills. Blackstone Griddles, too. I'm Jack Oliver. Grill all your tailgate favorites to perfection with a premium gas, charcoal, or pellet grill, then top it all off with something sizzling from your Blackstone griddle. For grills, griddles, patio furniture, hot tubs, and saunas, shop in store or online at Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio, Forest Drive in Columbia, and jackoliverpools.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president President for the Clemson Market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Can I see the Dabo one again? That's great. That's kind of how my drawer looked too. This is the drawer that he stays closed. All right, guys, have a good afternoon. Appreciate it.
And I, I remember, I remember too. Uh, you know, one of the one of the first things like I didn't really know. Beth comes to me, Beth Douglas, and she goes, "How do you want to handle your mail?" <laughs> and I remember going, "What do you mean, how I want to handle my mail?" And she goes, "Well, you know, there's going to be mail coming here. Like, do you want me to try to process it?" I'm like. I don't need you to handle my mail, you know, bring me my mail. You know, I, I, I was very independent that way as an assistant. I really, I, 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 I really did a lot of stuff just myself. And uh, it took about three days. She brings a bucket of mail in there. And I remember I went home one night, like the next week during the open date. And it was, I, I'm like, I told Kyle, I said, I can't do this. It, just opening the mail and the process of, vetting it and I mean, I'm like and then there were certain things I didn't need to see and uh, I went by I said Beth what did you do for Tommy and uh, so she started telling me she just kind of laughed she goes yeah I thought you'd be back and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah so she we, we changed our whole process there and then and then I didn't know that like you know I like people want you to sign stuff and I remember this whole room was full uh, or this whole room. This whole room was full of stuff that I just didn't have time to deal with, and it took me, I had to come up here uh, sometime, I don't know, it was weeks later, and Beth met me up here on the weekend to try to catch I'm like, what? how did Tommy process this stuff? You know, it was just, so there were some things that just kind of, that you don't really think much about from a time standpoint until you kind of get going into it. I mean, something as simple as mail. Uh, not to mention, you know, email and text messages and, and administrative stuff. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me because I didn't have a lot of time. Time was a real problem. I needed like 27 hours in a day, and that just wasn't going to happen. So just learning how to manage my time and what, what I had to really, as there was fires everywhere you know, for seven weeks, so it was like, where do I need to, where's the hottest fire? And, and trying to prioritize what I needed to do, even though there was a lot that needed to be done, prioritizing, and then uh, and then starting fresh in January of '09, and really being able to to kind of get a good structure, or at least a good skeleton of what I want it to be, uh, so that we would have a chance to build a foundation and be successful. Uh, I went out to Texas. I took the whole staff to Texas and sat down with Mac Brown. What a what an amazing trip that was. Matt was awesome because I had, I had done it long enough, whatever, at that point, you know, 12 weeks or so, uh, that I, I, I knew that, okay, I, mean, I had a lot of questions and I, and, I, and I needed to sit down with somebody because I needed to, you know, am I on the right track here? Or am yeah. I crazy? Or what do you think about it? Just, or just like, well, how do you handle your mail? Hey, how do you do, you know, just some basic stuff. And Matt was awesome. I mean, he spent hours with me, and it, it was like he could read my mind. You know, here's a guy has been doing it forever, and he, and he kind of, he was like the cl instant cliff notes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that was one, that was an incredibly beneficial trip for me. Uh, and, and he would take the time, like he did, to, to help me. And I didn't know Mac at the time. I mean, he just opened his arms and welcomed me. Um, he had kept up, paid attention. He was excited. I got the job, and and um, so that was a that was a great trip. And I, I really think uh, 
was very helpful. And then, and then you know, hiring Kevin Steele uh, was was a great benefit. You know, Kevin, he brought he brought uh, a wealth of knowledge into the staff and and was very helpful uh, to me, especially early on. Um, and he had been around different places and things, so. You know, we kind of we kind of put a good infrastructure in place, and and then we've been able to grow it, you know, over the years. Let's see if we can see the parking space. Sure, wherever. I don't. See Terry Dow's office. Yeah. yeah. Let me show you that real yeah, quick. Yeah, see that. And then, uh, and then we'll come back and we can finish up right here. Yeah, so we came out of the staff room and. Uh, started walking to the hall, uh, down the hall. Well, I went to my office and got a notepad, and I started walking, and I, I think I called Kath about right here. Hey, babe, you know, I'm heading to Terry Don's office. Here's, here's what happened. And uh, so it was, uh, I remember my boys, you know, Will and Drew, they were at Clemson Elementary. And, you know, I think Kath went and got them. Uh, and they had heard something at school already. Mm -hmm. You know, and they didn't really understand. were here you know everybody was in here basketball you name it their offices were here in Derby and uh, and we had compliance was right here which they're still here uh, but Terry Don's office was down here and I'm not even sure what they got it now I think it's Jonathan Gant this was uh, is that who it is? hey what's up guys hey, how are you? So this was this was the reception area for, for Terry Don and uh, he had uh, Ricketts. I think Ricketts was over there. Katie. Uh, no, uh, Katie. Yeah, Katie. Katie yeah. right here. Katie and Ricketts. Because uh, and then Katie moved down there once we once once we moved to the West End Zone. But they were all right here, and this was like a little suite. And then Terry Don's office was right here. Uh, is this Gant's office? Oh, this is me. Now. This is your office. This is me now. You are big time. <laughs> I know, man. Terry Don's office, and uh, he had all he had it dressed up nice, and then it became Leggett's office. Um, so this is uh, pretty cool. But I, so I, I came in and I walked in right here, and uh, Terry Don had a desk and had a couple of chairs right here. He had it arranged differently, but he had a couple of chairs right there. And so I sat down and and uh, we had our conversation and walked on out. Uh, so when I left here. I went down. I remember coming out, and I didn't really know where to go. Uh, so, what's up, Jonathan? Hey, how you doing? And uh, I didn't want to go that way. All right, Muse, you're not in trouble, are you? No, this is where the kids are. Oh, okay, good, good. So I, I remember I was like, I don't want to go that way because there's chaos. And so I just kind of walked this way. What the heck are you doing in this place? Exactly, exactly. We're reminiscing. Hello. Hello. And I remember kind of sneaking down here. 
and I don't even know if it's still here. Uh, That's okay. It was, uh, it was, it was a, I don't think it was that closet. It was, it may have been right here. Yeah. And it was, it was a little break room, kind of like this, but I kind of came in here and closed the door and just started, uh, what's up coach? How you doing, man? Good to see you. You right. good? Good to see you. Yeah. Doing, a little, doing a little reminiscing. Oh, okay. And I just kind of sat down and I just I spent like 45 minutes just uh, making notes and comments and thoughts. And, and and then I left there and I went to Brad's office, sat down with Brad. Um, and then uh, I went back to my office and I started, I started having uh, – I think Andy, I think I got with Andy and said, hey, I need every, so I just set a schedule and met with every coach. It took a while, and, uh, and, I kind of said, and then I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. And then I went and got with the offense, got with Vic, and I said, all right, Vic, hey, you know, look, you're gonna, you got to go handle the defense. And, and then I went and got with the offense, said, this is what I want, this is what we're going to do. You know, here's what we need to get done for today. I got the staff together, did a little staff meeting, said, here's our practice schedule, this is what we're going to do. And uh, kind of challenged everybody from that point. And then I met with the team at four. Then we practiced at, I think it was 6 o'clock when we went out on the field. And then I remember coming. I had no clothes. You know, I had, literally had sweatpants. And I remember telling Kath, I called her, I was like, I said, can you bring me some clothes? And so I come in, I come off the practice field, and, and Tim says, hey, you're going to have to talk to the media. And I thought I was going to talk to the media, like, after practice. Like, we always did. And, and he's like, no, we're going to have to go up to the, to the team room. And uh, so Kath brought me some clothes up there. And I didn't have any clothes. Uh, she brought me a pair of slacks. and What's up, man? You good? Yeah. Doing a little reminiscing. All right. <laughs> and uh, so and I had no idea what I was walking into uh, when we walked in there that night. But, but it was just just pure emotion and, and just adrenaline. And uh, I don't think I slept that night. I mean, I maybe slept two hours. I, I was there most of the night and, and back over early. Just, uh, But I was so energized, you know, of, of what we need to do. And, uh, and then we just kind of started from there, one day at a time. Let me go to the... All right. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Brian. Yeah, all right, Brian. <laughs> Hennessy wasn't there. Brian's seal of approval. <laughs> Hennessy was not there. Uh, I think that was, I don't know who was there. That might have been baseball. No, that might have been baseball, old baseball. Yeah, baseball. Oh, it's my girls. Hey. <laughs> I was going to say, was Billy D in that side office and no, it smelled Billy, like cigarette Billy, smoke? Billy D was over at uh, Ipte. Oh, that's right. He used to be beside Terry. He Young. was. Yeah, when I came up here to interview, he was in that side yeah. where Hennessy was. Yeah, he used to take yeah, puffs. I didn't know Billy. When I came up here and interviewed, uh, he knew Danny Pyramid. And Danny, because I called Danny and said, hey, I'm going to Clemson interview. Give me some scoop. You yeah. know, Danny was at like Virginia Tech or something. And uh, he was, you got to meet Billy D. So I, I sat down with Billy D, and we had a lot in common. We talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, he was there. And then he, uh, you know, he ended up getting moved over to uh, the hip tape building. Yeah. Could you still smell the coffee in Terry Don's office when you? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, we used to have like that was our supply closet. You can get a pen uh -huh. or something. Hey y'all. 
A lot of the space they created out of our, our meeting rooms. Yeah. So they turn those bigger rooms into smaller space to create offices. I guess they're still in there. Yeah, we'll do the park spot and we'll cool. run it back there and finish that up. Who's in the parking spot now? So, I was going to ask Lynn to try to. Yeah, so that that was kind of a that was kind of a. But you know, there's nobody in. Oh, cold. You good? Okay. So I always parked over here. Uh huh. Where the assistant coaches park, and uh, and that's where I was parked on Monday, and that's where I parked on Tuesday, and that's where I parked on Wednesday, and. I think Wednesday nights when I moved into this office because I finally realized Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that I, 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 I couldn't, it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't get anything done. And so, because it was just a constant thoroughfare. So I, uh, Wednesday evening, I decided to move my stuff over here into this office. I just had it boxed up and just put my stuff over here. And I just kind of had my space where I could work. And I remember, uh, had the keys. I remember leaving out that door that night and uh, drove home. But I come in here Thursday morning. And it was pitch black. Uh, I mean, it's we're getting. I mean, it's getting real now. I mean, I've been through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I've had very little sleep, and I was, I was, I, I, I always kind of pray when I when I come into work anyway. And I was just emotional that Thursday morning. I was a little overwhelmed. A lot of it, I think, I was just tired. And I think any normal person, there's a little fear. And then it's because it's like, man, I mean, this is like for real. And um, and I remember driving in the parking lot and it was dark and was nobody here. And I pulled in and I was getting ready to park over here. And I, and I but I had just moved in the night before. And so I remember I was like, well, I'll go park up here where Tommy parked because I'm going to go. I got my key to this door, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. I could kind of come in and out. And so I remember pulling around and I, like I said, I was kind of overwhelmed that morning driving to work and I just I always tell people I think God weeps at you sometimes and it was it was definitely a moment in my life where I felt like God just kind of put his arms around me and said hey look I got you right where I want you don't have any fear don't have any doubt you're prepared for this but more importantly hey, I got you back and it was just this moment of peace because I pulled in curve and I'll never forget it I literally I put the brakes on and I had been praying and I just deep breath and I'm, all right, I'm coming for another day and I and I just stopped and I went and I just started crying I literally I started crying right there and I just I just said man God I just I, I appreciate you and thank you so much and I just had this moment of just pure emotion and from that point forward had this total peace. I had total peace that I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I didn't really care anymore. I was just focused on what I needed to do, and I knew I knew that God was ordering my steps. And, and some people may say that sounds crazy or that sounds corny, but if you're really a person of faith and you're, and you're seeking God's direction, He will, he will give you those God wings. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a, a number on a curve. 
Maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a person that he puts in your path. Maybe it's something that somebody says that he's, but if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then that's how, that's how he communicates. And for me, it was just this overwhelming, like, I remember calling Kath saying, you're not going to believe this. But I, I, all of a sudden, I went, I was overwhelmed. Distracted by things that don't matter, you know, uh, people saying all kind of stuff, you know, just stuff. And and I'm like, you know what? I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And man, I pulled in, I parked the car, and I went on about my business. And ten years later, we're back here at this parking spot, and uh, we're still here. Uh, so uh, I just I just think that it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, but that was what I needed at that moment. And you know what? It didn't change. I tell them all the time, you know, God will give you peace. But it doesn't change the circumstances. You know, but you have to you have to embrace your circumstances. You know, you have to understand that sometimes you have to go through things in order for God's You can't be afraid of, of making mistakes. It's, it's, you got to embrace all of that because God will use all of that to to shape you. And, uh, and and then you have to find joy in all of it. You know, even even the toughest of the toughest days, you still got to find a way to have joy in that. And, and, and as as a person of faith, understand that hey, God's plan bigger than our plan. And uh, that's always given me peace. This was a really cool moment. Churches, a lot of times I give my testimony. That's always one of the things that I would reference. Uh, just like when I landed, when I came up here to interview. When I came up here to interview as, at 33 years old. You okay if I write about that book you had? Book? The, 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 the binder. Uh, I wouldn't want to give any details. Okay. Okay. Just a general. Yeah, that's kind of something I want to. Tommy sat at the front. So if this is 
this is the table. All right, and you walk in. So Tommy sat right here. Uh, it was uh, Brad Scott, Ron West, and me. So I was in the third chair. And uh, that's really it. So we just, I showed you the staff room. So yeah. they called us in the staff room. We came in. And Tommy came in, talked for a few minutes. Terry Donald stepped in. And that was it. And oh, by the way, I lived at 104 Sycamore Drive. <laughs> uh, you and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Is this crazy? Crazy. I think they're conducting the training. Oh, okay. That's fine. All right. We'll the, these will be cleared yeah. out probably in about 20 minutes. It's all right. He's got to go. We got we got plenty. Okay. All right. Enjoy it. I appreciate it. You got caught up. Yeah. You got caught up on the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, you're you're good to go now, Ross. He can write the book. He can write the book. Yeah. I'm working backwards. Terry Don. Trace was telling me. Terry Don said. The interview, his interview with Venables. In '08 was what sort of set in motion, sort of the relationship between him and Terry Don and Venables. Yeah, yeah, because you know what happened on, on Venables was uh, was because uh, I, I was kind of down the road on a different path, and <clears throat> Terry Don just brought me a note and he said uh, he said hey look do with it what you want to he said but he reached out to me and said he he'd be interested in talking to you if you were interested and it was Brent Venables that had his cell number so wow. I think Brent had reached out to Terry Don mm -hmm. to say hey. Um, you know, I've just, I don't know Coach Sweeney, uh, but I've kind of watched. And, man, I just, you know, I just, I just every time y'all are on TV, I like watching y'all. And, uh, and and I told Terry, I said, well, I said, I'm kind of kind of on a different path here. I said, but I said, I'll, I'll give him a call. I appreciate that. And so I just kind of put it in my pocket. And uh, I think it was a Thursday. And I get home that night because uh, we had a recruiting weekend coming yeah. up. And uh, I get home that night, and I called him at, like, 9 o'clock. And we talked for three hours, <laughs> literally three hours. I mean, Kat sat there for a little while, and she's gone to bed. I mean, it was, it was like, three hours of conversation and to the point I'm like, you know what? I said, Brent, I said, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued talking to you. And uh, I said, you're just going to have to come here. And so he and Julie came. And I believe they came Saturday, late Friday night or early Saturday. I think it was late Friday night or early Saturday morning. They they came and spent a day or so. And again, we had a visit going on. We had our we had just finished up our banquet. I think I had just walked out of our banquet when they got there, and they were checking in the hotel. First time I'd met him, and uh, so we we visited some that night and kind of rode him around a little bit. And then we had a whole day. We we met. Uh, all day. It was a very, it was a crazy situation because I, I, you know, I love my staff. Ain't no way I was getting rid of Marion Hobby and Dan Brooks and Charlie and those guys. And, and it, you know, and I, you know, Brent. He just you talk about taking a leap of faith because you know, because I said like Brent, no, you don't, you don't get to bring nobody. Mm -hmm. I hire everybody. Nobody hires anybody here but me. And you know, I mean, we got to understand that right out of the gate. And. I was like, you just, you'll thank me later. I was like, but these are great men and they're great coaches. And uh, it's kind of neat to kind of watch that all transpire because, I mean, he, he's, he's, he loves our staff. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but yeah, Terry Don was the one that, uh, that gave me his number. Wow. Uh, he didn't reach out to me directly. He, he let Terry Don know because he had Terry Don's number. And just said, hey, I don't know if he'd even be interested in talking to me, but if he is, I, 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 would, I would be willing to listen. That's kind of how it started. That's and cool. Then that, and then that was one day I'm going to write a book, 
people ain't gonna believe it because uh, that was a story <laughs> of its own. You know, just just getting things done around here. You know, just where we were administratively and just knocking down walls and changing thought processes and just battles, battles, battles. And that was that was one of them. Um, so because that and that was actually that actually. I, I killed him in the eleventh hour. Brenton, I know uh, he had no idea, but it'll be a, it'll be a fun story one of these days. Uh, it'll be a great read. There's it's no it's already it. pretty good. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Yeah, man, enjoy really it. Really appreciate it. it. You got it. Man, too cool. Too cool. Memories of a lifetime there. Once again, apologies for all the audio fluctuations and difficulties, but I think it was worth it. I really do. So appreciate your patience. Also appreciate the support of our very loyal sponsors. Most of all, man, thanks to all of you for hitting play every week. Really appreciate it. Everybody have a wonderful Christmas, and we will be back next week. Cheers. Cheers.